This episode of Naval Gazing is sponsored by valleygivesback.org. Adding a Valley charity to your estate plan creates a lasting legacy that tells future generations what causes matter to you. Your action will inspire others to follow your lead and make a difference. With a planned gift, you have the power to impact the Valley community forever without affecting your current lifestyle. Learn more at valleygivesback.org, an initiative of the Valley Community Foundation. Plan now, give later, and impact tomorrow at valleygivesback.org. Hey everybody, welcome to Naval Gazing, the Valley Indies podcast. My name is Eugene Driscoll. I'm a reporter with ValleyIndy.org. That's an online newspaper covering Derby, Ansonia, Shelton, and Seymour in the lower Naugatuck Valley of Connecticut. Okay, so this is a Frankenstein podcast. Originally, this podcast was posted Monday, August 20th, and I was talking about the hops company in Derby and a zone text change that I thought was going to be subject to a discussion of a Derby Planning and Zoning Commission meeting tonight, Tuesday, August 21st. So I talked about seven minutes about my reporting on that particular issue. However, I'm looking at the Derby P&Z agenda right now, Tuesday morning, and it says instead of a zone text change discussion, there's a site plan application happening. So I decided to take down the podcast we had published, cutting out our original intro, and now recording this intro instead. So basically, from what I understand, I interviewed about a week ago Dominic Thomas, the attorney for the hops company on Sodom Lane. That's a beer garden, formerly the Grassy Hill Lodge. And they have a parking problem. They, they don't have enough parking uh, on their site, essentially. It's complicated because it's a pre-existing non-conforming use. But they have this idea to make some changes uh, take down some buildings that are on the property right now, put in some more parking, do some type of slight expansion, I'm told, to the rear of their building. Uh, and the idea being that hopefully that'll alleviate some of the overflow parking issues that's popped up over there. Basically, it's a very popular place. It's got really good reviews. Uh, so it's become a big hit, you know, similar to Bad Sons on the other side of Derby, the Dewdrop Inn. We have Sherman's Tap House on Main Street in Derby, and now on the other side, the Hops Company. Uh, I guess it's been voted Best Beer Garden in Connecticut, I think by Connecticut Magazine, several times. Uh, but anyway, but there's there's some friction, I know, with at least two neighbors, because this has popped up at various Board of Aldermen meetings over the last year or so about parking, you know, people from the business parking on residential streets. And that's the thing, when you're pre-existing non-conforming use, it means if you tried to do that use today, modern zoning wouldn't allow it uh, for the most part. So anyway, that's 7 p.m. tonight, P&Z. I did try to get information from the building department. Uh, it's a bit hard to track. Sometimes the Derby P&Z, it can be sort of hard to track 
uh, what's going on there. Uh, you can, of course, attend the meetings, but I tried to get access to some letters I heard had been written according to meeting minutes, and I wanted to see the file, uh, but I, I just haven't heard back. It was 11 days and I think four rounds of emails, but I haven't been able to do that. So, But I'm telling you what I know. So if you're interested in the Hops Company, uh, have a, make a journey over to Derby City Hall tonight, 7 p.m., and uh, they'll be doing a site plan application. So anyway, that's that. Hopefully I didn't butcher that too much. Uh, the second half of the podcast is Chris Bowen. He's from Seymour. He's a member of the Economic Development Commission. Although we don't really talk about anything that local, this is more of a general issue. Uh, because last week there was a series of editorials and newspapers around the country saying basically uh, reminding people that the press, contrary to what you may hear uh, coming from the White House and Twitter, the press is not the enemy of the people. Uh, I wrote something myself just trying to explain that. Here's what we believe in. Here's what we do. Uh, I tried to keep it from being political because, I don't know, I think everybody involved in politics is a bit out of their minds in 2018, and it's not pleasant. Uh, so Bowen had put something on his Twitter, or no, his Facebook page, basically saying it was a waste of time for all the newspapers to do that, and Ethan and I basically tried to to argue with him about why we thought it was important to be done. So without further ado, here's Chris Bowen. Hi, this is Eugene Driscoll, most likely interrupting myself to bring you a message from our sponsor, valleygivesback.org. Adding a Valley charity to your estate plan creates a lasting legacy that tells future generations what causes matter to you. Your action will inspire others to follow your lead and make a difference. With a planned gift, you have the power to impact the Valley community forever without affecting your current lifestyle. Learn more at valleygivesback.org, an initiative of the Valley Community Foundation. Plan now, give later, impact tomorrow at valleygivesback.org. All right. All right, so joining us live in my living room via my cell phone is Christopher Bowen of Seymour, Connecticut. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me as I go speeding down I-95 in Norwalk. Oh, wait, you're moving as you uh, as you record this? We have Bluetooth. Are you, you're on a hands-free device? Yeah, I have Bluetooth in my car. All right, so we wanted to talk to you for a second about uh, how much you hate the press and think we're enemies of the state based on your cute comments you made on your Facebook page. Uh <laughs> but then did not bring it up during one of your uh, wireside chats. Okay. All right, so, so people who are not in the know, uh, like a week ago, the Valley Indy, along with uh, like a billion other uh, media outlets, newspapers, online publications, et cetera, et cetera, wrote essays, editorials, explaining that, hey, we're not the enemies of the people because uh, President Trump has repeatedly attacked the media as being fake and, and et cetera, et cetera. And I just thought personally he took it a step over the line by using the phrase enemies of the people, which implies a lot of bad things. 
Uh, and I don't, you know, I love my country uh, as much as the next guy. And I was like, just personally offended. But so we just wrote an essay saying like, hey, here's what the press does uh, each and every day. Uh, anyway, so, you know, you pour your heart out into it. You put yourself out there. We published the essay on valleyindy.org. And then I'm looking through Facebook and I see Chris Bowen. Oh, oh all, these, uh, all these editorials are cute. Cute. He used the phrase cute. But uh, they're not going to do anything. They're not going to change any minds. And so why bother? So, Chris, what did you mean they were cute? First off, if I ever have a press director, he will probably last a week. Because if I tell him, yeah, I'm going to go on with the press on five minutes notice, he's either going to drink himself to death or just quit. So, number one. Two, what I meant with the cute comment was, I like things that have a tangible um, ending to them. So, with all the major papers doing this together, the reason I didn't really see a benefit was because, one, the criticism, and I'm not even going to call it a criticism because it's a lot of crap, but the number one thing that people who agree that the media is, quote unquote, anything that the people think is that it's a big conglomerate run by like three people that are specifically designed to hurt the president and hurt honest Americans. These people are lost. Think um, there's always been accusations of media biases. YouTube obviously no. I mean, I got it in my own Facebook comments the other day. Um, but what's wrong with? I mean, what's wrong with once in a while? I mean, I've never seen something like this happen before where a bunch of newspapers and editorial writers separately and independently of one another decide to just explain to people why uh, the media or newspapers are not an enemy of the state. What's wrong with that? And didn't the next couple of days later the intelligence community do the same thing by denouncing President Trump's uh, revocation of John Brennan's security clearance? I mean, the same thing happened. That wasn't cute. I mean, you got to stand for what you stand for. See, I have seen this happen before. Um, years ago, my website joined the protest against the Stop Online Piracy Act, which was just a covert way of trying to get government censorship going. Um, so while we stopped that act in name, a lot of those passages are enacted just in different forms. Furthermore, here, you know, for years, we've had that network uh, neutrality protests. Websites, with the exception of those owned by companies that are also ISPs, generally want network neutrality. And the last one was led by Netflix because they would be severely injured by internet policies that hold back internet flow. The way network, for, the, for the layman, the way network neutrality is defined is basically ISPs determining... Wait a sec, what does this have to do with you, uh, you know, saying that newspapers shouldn't band together and say we're not enemies of the state? Because they failed. And they failed because they were just the same thing. They were a banded-together protest against something the government did, and guess what? It didn't do crap. The government did it anyway. So, so we should just throw our hands up and just, ah, whatever, like, it's all, like... The nothing's worth doing. Then. What do we do? Just Ever. watch uh, like reruns of Friends on Netflix and just call it a day? I think we need 
more effective protest other than a couple editorials that have lost in the wind. All my anti-social editorials, all my anti-network neutrality um, or pro-network neutrality editorials, um, they didn't do jack. So uh, industries banding together for this, it doesn't really have an impact on what the government's going to do. We can't, I think, honestly, we might need to go, a step, and I don't have a direct answer, but I think we might need to go one step farther. We might need to engage professional lobbyists. We might need to engage... Professional lobbyists? Oh, for, I thought you were going to say, let's go to the barricades. I, like, I'm, I'm there with you. Let's go. Um, I'm, go to the barricades sounds like a damn good idea right now. Haven't we elected the, the professional lobbyists? Aren't they running the country? Kind of got to fight fire with fire here. The majority of lawmakers, and this is not just a nationwide problem, it's in the state too. The majority of lawmakers are, are lawyers. And a lot of that has to do with just the fact that they can kind of make their own hours. Um, you know, Clarence is a lawyer, a lot of the candidates are lawyers. One thing we can do is have people try to get elected from other industries that aren't law. And I think we might kind of be heading that direction with some of the people, especially on the Democratic side, um, who are now running for office from other walks of life. Johanna Harris in CC5 is running for U.S. House and will probably win. Uh, she's a former teacher of the year. We've had other teachers running. Uh, it's not just uh, lawyers. It's uh, who's the science guy? Uh, Nagasaki Tyson. Freddie Blassie. Classy Freddie Blassie from the WWF. Well, hey, you know what? Glenn Jacobs just won a mayoral election, so wrestlers are represented now. Glenn Jacobs goes by key. Well, yeah, I, I guess my whole, my whole feeling with the, the cute comment was that what offended me personally was that you had hundreds and hundreds of people who were in the trenches every day doing the thankless work of daily journalism all over the United States of America and put time in to make a statement while treading or, or trying to ride that fence between being uh, totally bashing the president of the United States and just sort of making their point, which is that, hey, the media matters. Uh, there's something of value in your local newspaper. And to see it just dismissed after there's no way you could have read any of them to just say it was a cute effort, but it's no good for whatever reason. I thought it went against everything that. From the, somebody that, who's been one of our supporters and, and readers for years, you know, I may, did that make it cut deeper? I don't know. It was just so dismissive. And I got into like a back and forth with some guy who met in an editorial board and I guess went to college on your Facebook page. Because oh, yeah. everybody fancies himself a reporter. Yeah. Everybody's a reporter. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, by the end of it... In this I, day and age, everybody is a reporter, but I like, you know... Hold on, I want to clarify one thing. Not because they have and a BA from you, Alvin. I apologize that you guys took offense. Uh, I, I truly am sorry that it came off as offensive to you guys. Dismissive, dismissive. That's why my goal in your little thread was to make you guys feel dismissive. Because, I mean, how do you just dismiss it as cute where something that's really sort of unparalleled? I think about there was a case, I think it was like Texas or something like that, where some mobster or some lowlife piece of garbage shot down a reporter. Do you remember this, Ethan? 
and all the reporters. This is like the seventies or eighties. They all band. Oh, okay. they, yeah, they, yeah. they banded together and tracked down the guy's killer. So I mean, to me, it's like at least we look back on history, whichever way the country goes, and it doesn't seem to be heading in a direction that I'm particularly yeah. fond of. At least you can look back at this moment in time and saying that hey, newspapers, as they're one of their last dying breaths, maybe it made no different difference, but they stood up and said. You know, like the old man from Lord of the Rings. Don't cross this line. This will not stand. Or whatever the heck that is. They said something. They said something intelligently, passionately, and rightfully. Damn it. Okay. Now, here's the thing. It's not that I'm dismissing you. It's that if I want to swing my sword, I want it to be cut. And... I know I can't swear on this. Whoa, Jack! Why you gotta cut? That's Jackie. my problem. <laughs> nobody can, nobody adheres to ground rules anymore. Uh, well, it's like uh, again. I don't know. It's like uh, Henry Hill on Stern. I wasn't offended. I, 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 like, I just, I come back to, you know, if it's like, like, if it's not guaranteed success, don't do it. I, I just like that. That doesn't make sense to me. The what? Think about the website causes. Sign this petition to do this. Sign this petition to do that. Okay, unless you're signing something that has a government backing to it, nobody gives a crap about your petition. Anybody's petition. Maybe maybe the people that sign those things on causes.org or whatever the website is, maybe they care very sincerely, but until that sincerity is put into action that legislators give a crap about, it is the time should be spent trying to actually make that difference. The people that you're trying to reach either don't know that how cutthroat of a business this really is, or don't give a crap, or just outright think that you're lying to them. Um, and ways to make them see that, just trying to, I don't think sincerity is going to be the answer here. Maybe that's a cynical take on it, but the people that you're trying to reach, the, the people that you're trying to convert, Um, are automatically assuming that you're lying to them. Right. I mean, there is a mass stupidity in the country, but I don't think the answer is, like, we all have to become politicians. Somebody's got to keep an eye on all the crooks and occasionally call them out, regardless of whether the people want to hear that. You either do politics or politics are done to you, or you get an advocate that does politics for you. Okay, when I get into things, when I get into the trenches of what new politics I'm, I'm associated with, I do it with things in mind. I, I think to protect my family. I think to protect the people that I care about. Those are the things that I advocate for on a daily basis. Um, you either do that or other people will do it for you, and they might not have their best interest in mind. So when I say everybody's got to become politician, you know, you say, well, does that mean everybody has to become a politician? Maybe not become a politician, but you better start paying attention and starting to work in ways that these people are also working, or they're going to run over you. And that's a harsh thing to say. It really is. But that but, all that seems to just be uh, a, a, an argument in favor of writing writing those editorials. Yeah, I, thank I, God I, for <laughs> a free independent press, because we're not part of that BS, soul-crushing... Monopoly. Then you, you probably should be trying to actively recruit activists with power um, to make that change. And 
the greatest choice of words I've ever made. But I don't think is anybody really talking about it a week later? Well, I mean, again, then why talk about it? Yes, I mean, we, we, we are. are. Yeah, we're literally talking about it a week later. <laughs> You're on the phone on 995 talking about it a week later. Okay, so we're talking about it. Um, when I logged on to, when I unfortunately logged on to Twitter earlier and did a news search, all I heard about was, uh, who's the chick from... Asia Argento. Argento. <laughs> Asia Argento, daughter of Dario Argento, creator of Suspira and uh, a million Italian horror movies from the 70s. But that doesn't matter! <laughs> no, no, I was thinking of Amorosa. Um, oh, I haven't heard well, that. Oh, who? That's like two weeks ago. Forget I that. I about her in a few days. Okay, yeah. but they're still talking about it. And they're talking about the dog comment, okay? It, it's been completely drowned out. I'm like what I've heard mostly today was Rudy Giuliani saying truth isn't truth, and Tommy Lauren saying truth is hate speech. Um, so, like I, it, it, it's like in this this climate, it's sort of difficult to say like use that as the barometer. Like, what are people talking about? Because like every day brings a new shocking debasement of our people people are talking too much without taking a moment to think about anything that's my problem and there is you know not to sound like an elitist because i'm not a very good reporter or journalist or writer or editor but there are people who are thoughtfully putting words together to come out with editorials Promoting free speech in the free press, and people are like, eh, the real enemies are biased journalists. Well, how do you define that? Bias is a perception, for God's sake. And politics has become a sport. Red Sox versus Yankees, that's the problem. That's a huge problem. It's a tremendous problem, and it's a binary sport. You're either on Team Red or Team Blue. This is why I had to join Team Blue, let's face it. I have been very honest in saying that I'm not really, I mean, I'm a French Democrat, I'm but. All right, there's one other thing we wanted to ask you about. I wanted to ask you about, uh, you did a, a Wireside chat that Ethan and I watched uh, last night, and what did you think of the coverage? I didn't attend the uh, commuter, CT Commuter Rail, Ca- Rail Council, excuse me, meeting at the Derby train station. But Ethan did, and he wrote a story off it. And Ethan had messaged me from the meeting being like, this is just commuters beating the hell out of the MTA. Which I think put me in line to think like, oh man, this is a, commuters have had enough. Because we we covered one of those meetings once before where they called the the rail service an outhouse on wheels. So maybe I thought the whole meeting was negative right from there and then, uh, based on, I don't know if that influenced the way I edited the story or what, but you read Ethan's story, and then I saw someone uh, say that it was skewed negative. Uh, was that story overly negative? Keeping in mind, it's hard to quote people who talk a lot at meetings. Well, that's just it. I mean, what the person in question really wants, and I will note there's something about the four people that were in that thread, including you know the three of us and that person who I've known for a while, we're all journalists in some way. I used to be a games journalist. Uh, she's a, she's a uh, music journalist. So all four of us have experience 
in varying degrees and various elements. She also has a direct stake in the line. Um, that's important to know, and that's very important because since she has a very direct stake in the line and her family has a very direct stake in the line, they want this to be fixed now. They need it to be fixed now. Um, her daughter, who's a friend of mine, got stuck for three hours in Bridgeport a few weeks ago because they just decided not to run the 630 lot. That sounds very negative. <laughs> it's, it's very negative. What I think what she might have been going for there is they want it written in a way that maybe looks forward to a positive outcome, but your position is not to advocate for that. My position is to advocate for that, and that's why I got in a good suit to do it. But your from your perspective, I thought you wrote a, I thought Ethan did a fantastic job of the story, because yeah, it was three hours about beating the ever-living crap out of the DOT and Metro North guys. Um, and Ethan didn't from a political standpoint, I wish Ethan had quoted me more, because I really kicked the crap out of these guys. Um, but that's just personal. From a journalistic standpoint, it was great. Alright, that's good to hear, because I wasn't sure whether, uh, you know, yeah, Ethan's a negative guy in general. I don't know if that's influencing his story or not, but that comment sort of took me aback. But we've also done a hundred stories. I mean, if you want to go, no, well, and like as I said in the lead, it was like the like I linked to that that outhouse on wheel story, being like that's not the first time people have said this. Not going to be the last, judging by the timetable. Yeah, we're talking ten years but since we've been the, around. Like I did, I talked to Jim Gilday, the chairman of the council, Derby resident. And he, you know, he said, he sort of basically was like, you know, looked on the bright side and said, you know, they're, they're going to do stuff that'll help somewhat in the short term. And then they're, they're taking steps. It's going to take longer than we want it to, but they're taking steps to, to improve it in the long term too. And that's, that was like the last third of the story as I look at it now. So, but like, I, 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 I did change I your headline you though. I changed I, yeah. your, you had a headline. It was like meeting held. No, my headline was train service to improve by 2020, maybe, maybe. Right. you know, if, and if everything I, works out right. I changed it. I did, you know, you, I mean, the purpose of a headline is to get people to yeah. read the story. And the, the, the headline played off one of the comments Chris made uh, and another person saying that, like, when service is this bad, you might as well not have service, which is every, like, uh, whenever I go to New York or Stanford. I don't go to Derby Shelton. I just drive to Fairfield Metro. I was amazed. That's what everybody comments. does. Yeah. People during that meeting said that that's what they do. So that that's why, like, it might as well not exist. People it's on our Facebook thread were true. like, what's the big deal? I just drive to Fairfield Metro. And it's like, we're never going to have downtowns renovated, redeveloped. All this trans transit-oriented development is total hogwash if you have no transportation. We've been saying that for years. So... You know, we've done two stories with 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 uh, with entertaining headlines that skewed negative, but it's a negative situation. I'm sorry. And that that right there is why that person that commented on my Facebook was so concerned about this. She obviously has a stake in it, so it was you know her daughter can't drive to Fairfield Metro. She has to get on in Seymour. 
Yeah, when you say stake, it's not like she's invested in the company doing – it's like a personal interest uh, because she uses the train, not like a – Yeah, everybody wants to see the improved, yeah, yeah, I yeah. thought. I don't I don't know how to get there. But this, but. Is, this is critical. If that train decides – if they just decide to stop running that train, that person's in serious trouble. Which they almost did. Okay. Within within a decade, they talked about just scrapping it as, as budget cuts, and I think it's always – you know, they got rid of the Derby DMV. I think the thinking among... They almost got rid of the courthouse. Right, yeah. There's Pro- Probably will at some point. Right. The, the, the deep budget cut. The deep state in Connecticut wants us... They don't give a crap about the Valley for the most part. I mean, come on. They tried to... Tr- they, they, they were talking about shutting down the Waterbury line. Their, their, their whole uh, uh, take on it is no one rides it because it's an outhouse on wheels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, chicken and egg thing. Yeah. Well, gee, I wonder, especially when people that are trying to commute to work, yeah, they have better options 20 minutes away. So, I personally like the headline because, hell, I'm the full quote. Good for me. But the, the real key here is sustained pressure has to be, and this meeting was a good start. As noted in the media, as noted in the article, more people showed up to this meeting than, like, the past three or four meetings combined. politician and they're like this is something i didn't really get into in the story but you're talking about politics so let me just ask you quickly uh a lot of there was uh you were there uh backlick uh uh mayor zegan's chief of staff was there derby uh andrew backlick of derby both um candidates for the 104th district carol rochelle and joseph yaman was there two state senators were there and George Logan, the state senator from Ansonian Derby, he spoke a couple times during the meeting and he talked about like, you know, that he referenced the upcoming elections a couple times. And I felt like I, and I didn't get into it in the story because it would it would like be another 10 paragraphs that I didn't have like space to, you know, to do. Um, but he, he I, I, I sensed like people it was it was like people didn't react to that very well. And the, a member of the council sort of came back at Logan and was like, well, like, you raided the transportation fund. That was a legislative failure. Like, so, like, 
what was your take on that whole interaction? Okay. Oh, boy, am I... See, here's the thing. I didn't challenge it in that meeting because I didn't want to make that meeting politically partisan. I didn't feel that that was what people were there for. People don't want to hear the elephant and the donkey fighting. Um, but it's my time, so I'll address it here. Um, I thought Logan's answer was poor because what Logan, what Senator Logan wanted us to do was to engage the gubernatorial candidates to try to get leadership on the issue. Two points about that. One, okay, three points. One, if you noted somebody... No, you only get two! I'm making three. You wanted me on short notice. It's what you got. One, as you noted, we've got, you know, they raided the transportation fund. This is why the lockbox is on the election in November, is on the ballot in November. November. Um, two, Deb Lamont did tape a video during the primary at one of the train stations when he came to the valley to talk with um, local DTC chairs. Uh, he talked to Tara Fodlon from Anthony. He talked to the Baba Huniak from Timor, my neighbor down the road. So the gubernatorial candidates are here. And number three, most of all, I don't want to hear Senator Rogan lecture us on leadership. You're a state senator. You're the damn leader. Do some leadership. It was a legislative failure that they raided the lockbox, and Senator Logan did nothing to stop it. He made no press releases, no lectures, nothing. All they talk about is what the Democrats did, the Democrats that, put that down, work together, and come up with a solution and stop lecturing us on what we need to do to get other leaders in there. That's why we elected you to office in the first place. Well, All right. I guess it's something we'll ask him and uh, George Cabrera about in the uh, in the coming weeks and months. All right, Chris, I'm going to let you go. I want to thank you uh, a million times over for coming on the podcast once again and for speaking your mind and for speaking freely. We really appreciate it. I'm sure you do. It's great for ratings. What's the Onion article? Um, you're calling us enemy of, the, enemy of the press and it's selling like bleeping hotcakes? We're proud to be enemies of the state. I saw something like that. <laughs> hey, you, you got me in a good mood today. Woo! All right, see ya. All right, guys. Later. All right, the one thing about Senator George Logan I want to point out, this is a podcast, an impromptu podcast, not planned out in any way. We did not know in advance that, one, Ethan, you would be asking that question, two, that what's his name, Chris Bowen, would be bashing George Logan, so we don't have a response from George Logan. That's the nature of a podcast. I just want people to know that because I took some heat a few weeks back for not anticipating something. But I mean, we could stop this podcast right now, talk to Logan, and delay the publishing of this podcast a good four or I mean, five he's days. A, he's a public figure. He's a public know. figure. He and spoke at the meeting. Uh, he was yeah. quoted. Uh, it was at a meeting, right. Also, if you're, you, know, you read this and you're, you're offended and you want to give your side – you can always write us a letter and we will publish it. I just wanted to point that out there because people get heated with these podcasts now where it's not, uh, you know, they, they say it's one-sided because the purpose of this podcast is to have one person on and get their side, essentially. Yeah, we don't yeah. really and, have and the like, ability uh, yeah, to debate and, and, and that much. something I wanted. I just, like, I had seen him comment on it on Facebook or something, Bowen, and I just, and, and, I, and I, like, that was a story, part of the story that I didn't flesh out fully, so... I wanted to get a perspective on it. But, yeah, as, as I said, as this uh, election season develops, I'm sure that'll be a topic of conversation. Look how low your bar is. Look at that. See the difference? Yeah. yeah I mean, I have a, I have a, a voice for uh, newspapers.
All right, see you next time. Dinosaur.